December. You know what the fuck it is. Aries and Andy, you and the jerk. You know it's time to get this work. The real raw, gutter, uncut cocaine. No political corrections. Always sleep. Fuck being awoke. We discuss politics and jokes. We lick. There's levels to this shit. Before you were sucking on your mama's tits. Airy Spears don't give a fuck. We talk about race a lot. Racism. Sexism. Much love to my loyal bitch bag holders. Rollers, clip loaders. We got them in the folders. The whole world on our shoulders. Spears and Steinberg. Yeah! Run up and get touched up. Suicide. <laughs> and all of y'all know my style. Have a holly jolly Christmas. We are one step closer, aren't we? Yeah. No, no, we're we're past Christmas now. Are we now? Yeah. So Christmas has happened. Two days ago. A la Mike Tyson is here. My gift <laughs> from Andy. He's missing the, the tattoo on the eye. Well, this is I don't know why the artist didn't put on. We could do it with marker. <laughs> Hey, that wouldn't be that wouldn't be so bad. It's a little sharky. I was trying to figure Morgan. out what was missing. That is what it what it is. It's, it's yeah, no right around the eye. Uh, yeah, this works, man. Um, I didn't rape that bitch. <laughs> um, so so what what would <laughs> you get your girl for Christmas? Uh, I got her. I got her a bunch of things. Uh. She got a new car recently, so oh, you got it. She, well, she got one. Oh, she. So you didn't do it. No, I don't. Oh. I don't have a car. Oh, okay. I, live, I thought you bought her one though. I wish I could buy her a car. Oh, okay. My, I could buy her a car. I can't buy the car that she wants. She's what does she want? She got an M3. It's a BMW. Yeah, the truck. Wow. Uh, how much is that? How much is that? I don't know. Hmm. I, I don't know. We got it, it's used. It's, it's two years. It was oh. two years. It was a, a lease return. Uh, it's nice. I said, she goes, I want to get this car. And I said, oh, I want to get an M3. We had the uh, X1, but uh, not M3, the X3, which we had the X1. But the potholes in Jersey, as you know, uh, they could bury. Is that people. an expensive car? Yeah. not. I mean, it's not the most expensive car, but it's expensive. It, it, so if you, let's say you got it. Yeah. Is it a you have to blow me every week car? Because of the price. Yeah. Every week? Nah, at least every other week. Yeah, I got my girl. She got a, you got to suck my dick every day car. Yeah, because you got the. Tesla. Got, yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you get the, uh, the charger for the house too? Yeah. So everything's all hooked up? Yeah. Is it, is it quick? Does it charge it up? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And you got the one with the gold wings. Yes. See, it's nice. <sighs> I, you know, I, I don't make the, that kind of money. <laughs> I make my girl's gonna buy her own car kind of money. I, I make a lot of I regret having bought this money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh you like the car though? I don't drive the motherfucker. You drive in? I am not a fan of Tesla. Really? No. It's a nice drive. They got odd bodies. They they built like uh fat Mexican chicks. See, they're thick. I thought you would like them. No, there's a difference between <laughs> thick and pear shaped. I don't like a bitch pear shaped. I remember somebody on Instagram said, and 
it was basically the guy going, I'm trying not to give away the joke, so I'm trying to tell it right before I fuck it up. So it, it, the guy goes, we don't all, ladies, we don't all like Coca-Cola bottle, Coca-Cola figured bottle women. You know, some of us like, and then they had a bottle of a Gatorade. Some of us like Gatorade-shaped bitches. <laughs> so it's all fat and bottom. Yeah, yeah. Just, just you know. Big. Yeah, picture a Gatorade bottle. Yes. Um, An orangina would be a good bottle for uh, that, that type of person. Because there is a little curve at the end. Yes. Um, you know, I... Uh, what'd you do? This was a couple of weeks ago for me. I finally went on a... I want to call it a mini vacation. Because... Uh, I haven't been on a real vacation, meaning like I don't go for work. This is me enjoying the sights and sounds and everything around me. Relaxation, total R&R <clears throat> since I was fucking a teenager with my family. And ironically enough, that was my dad taking us all to Disneyland, Disney World. So um, I went to Disney World and Universal Studios uh, for two days uh, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Uh, on a on a Tuesday and a Wednesday, uh, absolutely, I'm done doing that. Yeah, I'm fucking done. And and the reason why, you know, I'm telling you, man, I, I, you know, I really wish sometimes you guys could live in the skin that is called Aerie Spears, because I know y'all hear me bitch and complain a lot, and 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 some some of it, I, I probably overdo it, but some of it is absolutely justified. Uh, and I just wish I was adored more or, 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 or what I did was appreciated more. I'm saying that to say this. I ain't waiting in no lines, man. I, I just, I'm not doing it. So it's expensive, but if you can afford to do it, it's absolutely worth it. In other words, when I go to Universal, I get the front of the line express passes, which, you know, I like, I think the regular tickets go for like, 60, 60, 70 bucks, whatever it is, these go for about close to 100. And you, you skip the line. You, you get right to the front. Now, for Disney World, they don't have Express Pass. They got some shit where you time it. Like, like you, you go, you check it, you go online, you go, all right, I want to be on this ride. And you program and you time it to be back at a certain time. And even then, you still got to get on a line. I get the escort service where for $7,000, you get a Disney rep from the park who just walks you around to every single ride and gets you right up front. And I mean, the family just, motherfuckers just complaining, bitching. We stop for more food and bathroom breaks than we do for fucking rides. And, I, and I've tried to condition myself not to get excited about this, because I know this is for the kids. But I like the shit. I like roller coasters. I like the adrenaline. And I'm just like, first of all, we, we got to Universal. The, the par- I didn't even know. I assumed the park hours were what they always were during the summertime, which is they close at like almost midnight. I didn't know that the hours that aren't summer, they close at 7. 7. The park closes at 7. We didn't get to Universal till 3. Now, Universal ain't like the Universal in L.A., especially like the one in California. If you get the front of the line passes, dude, you can knock out that whole park in three hours. It's that small. Universal in Orlando, they have two parks. They got Adventure Island 
and then they got Universal Studios. We might have rode a total of five rides between the two parks. We got there at three. They closed in four hours. Why did you get Just do want to know, why did you get there at three? Uh, my son had some issues. Uh, what time were you planning on being there? 11 okay. a.m. So he had some issues. And listen, man, <clears throat> I love my son. I do. <sighs> but he is such a fucking mama's boy. Like, he's a fucking mama's boy to the point it drives me crazy. It, it drives me crazy. Him and his sisters got in an argument about who where they like to sit in the in the car. If he don't get to sit in the seat he wants, or she don't get to sit in the seat she wants, it's an it's an argument. It's an argument. It pissed the mother off. <gasps> oh, excuse me. Shit, that's some hot dogs. Um, oh boy. Um, so that turned into a big ordeal to the point where when we got out the car. And I'm again, I'm not doing regular parking. I'm parking valet because when I'm ready to go, I want to get the truck and get the fuck back to the hotel. That costs $75. So him and his mother have like this little conversation off to the side. I look over, next thing I know, he's bawling. He's crying in her, in her fucking, in her chest. And when we're walking through the park, now my son's 13, son. He's 13. He's damn near pretty much as tall as me. He's taller than his mother. I, you know me, I walk slow. So I'm walking and they're six, seven steps ahead of me. Yo, they holding hands, yo. I walk through the park. What the fuck is she doing? She coddles this nigga and I can't stand it. Why is she treating a 13-year-old? And I know women and moms consider their kids, especially their sons in the Spanish community, they're babies. That's my baby. When is he when is he not a baby anymore? When he gets another woman and he he's out of the house. So even at 17, that's your baby? Yep. That's ridiculous. That's wait till he finds someone he wants to be with, and then that that trauma happens in your life. For who? Me or the mother? The mother, but you know, that it 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 all runs downhill, right? Well, it ain't gonna be traumatic for me. I'm gonna be like at a boy. <laughs> Yeah, but you're going to listen to her. Be mad about it. the right one. Shouldn't be. This is uh, depending on who it is. Oh, whoa. whoa. <laughs> what, what if he what if he likes a white girl? What if he brought a white girl home? I don't give a fuck. Just bring a girl home. <laughs> <laughs> She'll lose her mind, though. <laughs> oh, God. She'll lose her mind. Who, the mother? Yeah. I don't think she cares about that. She doesn't? No. Okay. Yeah. I think she cares, but not really. I'm telling you, man, the way she coddles this nigga, it, it, it pisses me off. She acts like he's seven. He's 13. Little mustache. Yeah, but it's her son, and they're on a vacation, and she's loving the fact that they're together on vacation. So it, it, it's very... It's, I, it's, it's cultural. There was a little bit more gorilla in me as a kid. I was a little more ram... <laughs> Yeah, because bumptious, dude. Because you want to separate. Okay, here's the difference, and this is this is the difference. At 13, maybe you want separation from your family because you wanted to. You were looking at girls in a different way. You wanted girls. Obviously, he doesn't care what, about girls right now at this point. 
and not because he's he's going to be with his mom. He's going to hold his mom's hand. He ain't looking for a, a replacement for that hand. That's not what he's looking for. You know, right I'm going to take some blame for this because early on in my son's young development, I wasn't around as much as I'm sure I should have been. And you know, he's the only dude in in the family. You know, he's surrounded by his mother and three girls. Uh, and you know, there would be times when, like. Because I wasn't there as much as I should have been, I think he picked up on certain things from the women that he grew up around. And one thing he would do a lot is, like, sometimes he would go, aw. <laughs> yeah, that, that is, would bother me. But, okay, here's the other thing, though. And I, I'm just being real honest with you. Um, you and your, you know, your baby's mom's gone through things. She's probably called you names. Oh, in front of him. Oh, so his goal is not to be me, you. And in certain aspects, I wouldn't want him to be. Yeah, but so when he's holding his mom's hand, that's just to make his mom feel good, and that he's there, and he's, you know, he he's that she's the one that he looks to his mom as, oh, this is a beautiful woman, my mom. She takes care of me. She loves me. He's just he's bringing. When you guys were going through trouble, he's he is continuing to bring that kind of, you know, that's my mom. I want to take care of my mom. I'm there for my mom. Dude, I remember one time, and we love crab. We love seafood. There was a place in L.A. I think it was called the Boiling Crab. And I, you know, whenever I, you know, the crab coming back, me and you've been there. And, you know, I love that, the, the Alaskan king crab. Yeah. Big legs. Just the best. Yeah, the Gemma legs. A lot of meat in them legs in that shell. She would get Dungeness crab. And with the Dungeness crab, you get the, the shell, that big outer yeah, body. Yeah. So I remember one time we went to uh, a crab spot and we brought some crab back to the crib. And he had never seen uh, a, a Dungeness crab, a big crab shell like that. And I remember we starting to, you know, dig into the food and he sees this big shell. And she, he, he sees that she's about to eat. And he goes, aw, don't eat Mr. Krabs. <laughs> He's just a good kid. He's a good kid. Right. Dude, I, I, I don't know if I told this story on the podcast. One of the first times we went to Universal. And, you know, at this time he was a smaller kid. And you know they got the height requirements uh, in order for you to, to to get on a on a ride. And again, I'm I've paid front of line passes. This shit's expensive, motherfucker. Get your ass on these rides. And at one point, I tried to you know he tried to go under the thing, and he was a little bit too small, just inches. So I was trying to hint to him, hey, get on your toes, yo, get on your toes. And he didn't want to do it. And I go, Jordan, what the fuck, man? You could have got in. It's not right to be dishonest. Nigga, I, I came up in New York I, I, in the 80s. What the fuck are you doing? But see, this is, this, this is a very true-like kind of moment. Where true, you're taught there's right and there's wrong. There's no gray area in right and wrong. Some kids grow up that way and there's no gray white, area. White folks historically have always lived in the gray area when it came to us right. in right and wrong. Right and wrong. 
So like True would never do anything like that either because it was wrong. So I'm if I'm not that tall, then I I, I can't. So that's that's just the rule. You don't think him being autistic had something to do with that? It, it, how he interpreted it was very serious. But I know other kids that interpreted it the same way. What right and wrong is because there, there really is only right and wrong. Come on, let's be honest. There is how much? How many times are there really gray areas? And yeah, you could say you, here here's the here's the gray area, dude. If you were wearing Air Force Ones, you would have been tall enough. But you were wearing flat shoes or whatever you're not tall enough so yeah i guess there is an imaginable gray area in there if you just lift up a little bit then you're the right size you know but they don't the kids some it's admirable that he thinks that way this generation is just terrible <laughs> i hate that kids wear crocs i'm glad crocs weren't around when we were kids they Fucking, were around no they weren't yeah. boys wore sneakers god yeah. damn it I we wore boots, sneakers. Cover your fucking heels. We laughed at all the people that wore Crocs when I when the Crocs first came Ugh. out. We laughed at that shit, and now it's wait a minute. It's Crocs so, is new. It's not that new. Crocs, Son, Crocs was not around in the eighties and nineties. No, not in the eighties, but they were around in the maybe late nineties, early two thousands. They were definitely around. But let's see when Crocs came out. But I know Crocs have been around. Nah, Crocs are recent. No, this new level of Crocs is recent. When did Crocs first get introduced? 2002. So yeah, yeah, you're wrong. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Wrong. 80s, 90s, boys covered their heels. Well, I said, I said late 90s is what I said. So I'm, so see, I'm wrong. There's no gray area, right? Right. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, you're a boy. Cover your heels. Why are your heels in the air? Your heels as a dude should never be naked. Why? Why? You you wear you. You always have to wear socks and flops. You can't wear just flops. You can when you get older, older, because your feet go through shit. But as a young, strapping man, you're as at, a man, you're on the beach. You'll cover your heels, B. On the beach? He grew up in California, man. You didn't grow up in California. You grew up in New York. I grew up in concrete jungle. He's growing up in, in the sandbox. Man, why you gonna quit it, Eddie? <laughs> it's fucking crazy, man. He's grown up in a different time in a completely different environment. All right. Um, on to some other news. Uh, have you seen it? Then uh the trailer. Yeah, I saw it. What'd you think? And it's not called Beverly Hills Cop 4. It's called Axel F. Beverly Hills Cop. Yes. What'd you think? You excited? I don't know. I don't either. <laughs> really? And I'm going to tell you something, man. I know this is a new age. We're streaming and all of that. Does, shouldn't this be a major theatrical release? Why is this coming out on Netflix? This is Eddie Murphy. This is a franchise. Because streaming is just as important now. You don't want to see Beverly Hills Cop 4 on the big screen with popcorn? Uh, yeah, but uh, will they come out the same way? Because you you feel it, but you're not the audience anymore. You're not the audience anymore. Yeah, I'm just becoming obsolete, huh? You're getting older, man. We're not the audience. They're not making things for How us. How dare time move past us? Uh, don't you think, though, 
I mean, I already saw we saw the preview, so you know he's going to be up to his old stuff again. Get it? I got it. It's very funny. It was very funny when he did it. But you just you you gave a better example of what the what it could be, where he's the captain now, right? He's he's right, right. and he has all these cops that are playing by the rules, and he's like, "What the fuck?" When and he's you're thinking back to what he did, and he's getting mad at these guys who. There's gray area guys, you know, like get these things done. You, you know, I think that that would be more on point for what's happening. And then his, his old Taggart and, uh, and Billy, uh, Billy come, and Taggart, he, yeah, yeah. come in and he has to go back to getting Taggart and Billy to come in so that they can fucking take this case on and get it solved. If that's what it is, then maybe it's funny to me. You know, I don't know why Eddie Murphy waited. So long for these sequels. Coming to America and Beverly Hills Cop 4. Listen, the, the tragedy that was Beverly Hills Cop 3 I, may have led to why this took so long. But still, Eddie in his 30s, Eddie's own, Eddie, I think Eddie's 60. Yeah, he just turned. Dude, in his 40s, he should have done this. Because the generation, me, you, that remembers this character, Okay, feels like we want to see it for nostalgic reasons. As you just said, there's a whole new audience. They don't know who Axel Foley is. They don't even really know who Eddie Murphy is. They don't know who the Pointer Sisters are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and again, they're getting Wizards, Eddie. We know Chicago Bulls, Eddie. And this character was Chicago Bulls. To see a guy in his 60s doing the same shenanigans as when he was in his 20s and 30s. Are we buying that? Well, and the other part of it is, okay, when you watch Ghostbusters, and then they have, they, they have the old guys doing it. And Bill Murray in that last one, the one of the afterlife, looked like a ghost. Goes, okay, he does. But you could do that to your 90. You're ghostbusting. You, can you be a street cop in your, in your 80s? I saw an interview on the red carpet where Eddie was like, Somebody asked him, are you going to have the Detroit jacket on? He said he didn't want to wear the jacket. But the director was like, yo, you got to have the jacket. That's who Axel Foley is. is. And Eddie went, the crazy part is, I'm wearing this jacket, but wouldn't you think, how could it still fit? So to Eddie's point, he shouldn't have worn the jacket. That's like, dude, when he made four, another 48 hours, that nigga had on the same suit when he got out <laughs> that he had on when he was in. And Eddie was so much chunkier. Do you, do you think he's going to drive the blue Nova? Same blue crappy ship it do. <laughs> or maybe I get a sky blue Cadillac, but some piece of shit cop bought the last sky blue Cadillac. Um, dude, and I, I of course, I, I couldn't wait to read the comments. And everybody, you know, was, man, I can't wait. I'm excited. This is going to be fire. And listen, man, you know I love me some Eddie Murphy. Eddie, Chappelle, you know my heroes. Tyson, Ali, Jordan. But I'm a realist. And that's why, again, when people were talking about Eddie on SNL and we talked about it, I think the respect for him is so huge, as it should be. He's an icon. He's a comedic legend. He's the reason why we do what we do. But at what point did you lie to yourself? Was he great in the, in the SNL comeback? 
Not really. Was coming to America too great? Not really. I don't expect this to be great. I think Eddie's best moments have passed him. That's why I'm saying, and I, and I say this respectfully, he's Wizards Eddie now. He's not that guy from the 80s and the 90s when he was that motherfucker. Jordan from the Bulls. He still could put up 20. He, he's still respectable. He's still an icon. But he's not Bulls Eddie. He's Wizards Eddie. But th- there's another reason why. I took a, I, we both took a week off when we we're coming out here. We're in, right. uh, where are we? We're in Fort, Fort Wayne, Wayne, Indiana. Yeah. And, and let's be honest, the crowds haven't been fantastic. They've been, they've been okay. <laughs> We've had, we got a total of four shows. Uh, the first two, the first one was good, man. The first one was good. It was yeah, fun. That were, second one fun. was a, a challenge. A challenge. That's a good word. But, and, and we had a week off. Yeah. Man, it just doesn't, Eddie, Eddie's had decades off. A stand-up, not yeah. movies. But those characters have had decades. Okay, off. and you're trying to reconnect with that character. That character was Eddie Murphy when he did it. Axel Foley was uh, was within reach of who Eddie Murphy was. I'm going to be the guy that does this. Uh, if I had the opportunity, if I if, if I'm going undercover, I'm going to get a Ferrari. I'm going to. This is who he was. That's right. not who he is now. Now he has a Ferrari. He he's a different guy. When he when he went on SNL. He didn't come on and this is the guy who's going to wear a Gumby suit and just be like, I'm Gumby. But he did do it. Yeah, but that's not, he isn't connected to that same guy who was doing that. Eddie's a completely different man now. Well, then steal a page from Stallone's book. Make the character evolve to the time. Uh, Not a bad idea. But But can you be funny with that, though? That's that's a question. And Stallone is still connected. He's been connected to his characters. He just didn't give up on them. He's made them uh, periodically, maybe not every few years, but he's made them. He stayed connected to the character. And he's kind of the character. Even, Even when he plays other characters, you still see the Rocky guy. You still see it. Eddie Murphy wants to be Eddie Murphy. He's... He's not that same guy. Eddie, he's 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 more of a, he, he's a more of a thinker. He's a dad. He's a real. He's a dad. grandfather. He's a grandfather. That's a past dad. Okay, uh, he's he's a different man. He's like a, got ten kids. Different kind of guy, and, and it shows when he talks. He doesn't speak anymore like as the Eddie Murphy guy from his youth. He's the patriarch of his family. Well then, for the sake Matriarch. of for, for the Matriarch. for the sake of believability and art, artistic truth, is it better to just hang it up than force it? I think he has something to offer, and maybe some other kind of ways. I think, I think you know, it's a shame to me that he never got into other parts of the business that he he made characters and did that. You don't think he ever had any aspirations to to direct? He did. He tried Harlem Nights. And he said it was too much. He said, I don't want to wear that many hats again. But then he was also in it. Maybe if he well, wasn't in too. it. Well, that too. You're talking about just direct. Just direct. Just right. Lend your creative eye to something in a different way. Because obviously he's a, a respected talent beyond who saw things in a different way. You don't think that you bring your eye to that? Dude, and again, I'm such an Eddie Murphy hua. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Yes, the, the, the nostalgic part of me wants to see this. But I'm also going, dude, the dude playing Taggart looks sick, unrecognizable. Judge Reinhold looks beefy, obviously age and weight, but 
dude, Taggart don't even look like Taggart no more. I was like, that's him? And then he moved my man up, Paul Reiser, from the position he was in in the first two movies to the captain now. Because, of course, the captain, that brother passed away. Yeah. And then they brought back my man, uh, no, don't be serious. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Balky, yeah. playing that character. So, yes, for nostalgic reasons, yes. But, dude, I'm telling you, I'd be shocked if this is great. I do not expect this to be great. Because I think you're going to see a 60-year-old Eddie Murphy trying to be a 20-year-old Axel Foley. And I think it's just, at this point, too late. And I don't know, unless you take from Stallone's book and have the character evolve realistically and play the fact that I'm older, I'm wiser, I'm heavier, but does that lend itself to funny? Dude, I'm just saying, and I think you're right, because when he in, in the Dolomite movie, which right. I did like, yeah. did you ever actually see oh, Yeah, him? I did. We he, talked about yeah, it. Yeah, he's playing an older, he's playing it a little older. Dolomite's like closer to his age. Right. And he, it was great. He did great with that character. I thought he did great with that character. I, I think that, you know, you're, you're going, when you when you go back for nostalgia, like you're, you're going, you open up an old cookie jar and there's some cookies in there. Some stale as fuck cookies, though. They, they, they look like something you remember. Right. But they don't taste good anymore. Right. I, and I hope that he, I hope I'm wrong. I hope, I hope he, I'm wrong, too. I hope he pulls it off. But it's going to be tough. And the fact that, I don't know, I, I don't know. The fact that it's coming out on Netflix. I like it because I think more people will watch it because of the nostalgia. Here, here, here's this, here, here's this father-son moment. Dude, you got to watch this. This is Eddie Murphy. You don't know Eddie Murphy. This, and then maybe you even watch, maybe this is maybe how they're looking at it. Maybe they go and they get, you can watch this first one. Watch Beverly Hills Cop 1. Watch this. Okay, now we're going to watch this one. I, I think it, it just gets people to, to go back, archive. Well, you got to do your homework then. Got to do your homework. Yeah, father and son moment. I'm going to show you Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy was the funniest. Watch him. And then before right. you know it, they're watching uh, 48 Hours. They're watching, you know, all the other movies. Right. They're watching The Golden Child. Golden Child. <laughs> <laughs> Which, incidentally, uh, sometimes you see on Instagram a lot these photos of then and now yeah. where the old stars took pictures when they're younger years with their younger counterparts. I've seen it, you know, Denzel and uh, my girl. From uh, she was in Man on Fire and a, and a Man on Fire and uh, Equalizer Three. Remember her? What's her name? The white chick. Yeah, she was I know who it is, but I don't. But yeah, and then there was Harrison Ford and uh, Round Eye, Short Round or whatever his name was yeah, from yeah. Uh, Temple of Doom. Doom. And so you see the pictures of them then and now. It was a picture of Eddie Murphy and the Asian kid from Golden Child versus then and now. I didn't know that was a girl. It's a girl. It's a girl. I thought it was a boy. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, real quick, uh, somebody sent in a porn title. Yeah, I saw, uh, I saw that you liked this one. Yeah, did you see what I changed the name to? Uh, no. Okay, so he said 12 Inches a Slave. And the guy, and I, I'm, I'm about to pat myself on the back here, because I think this is up par with Morpiness. Uh, the guy's real name is Chiwetel OG4. I said, 12 Inches of Slave starring Clip Be Chewed by Edgy Four. <laughs> like that? Yeah, who is it? Who sent it in, though? I forgot who sent I, it in. I don't know who sent it in. He said, I wish he had put it in an email, but he sent it to us direct message. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Uh, Clip Be Chewed by Edgy Four. Because he deserves some... Uh, 12, that, that was, it was good. 
Let me see if I can find it. That's a good porn. 12 inches a slave. Yeah. That's a really good. That was one of the better ones. No, I'm not going to find it. You just know. And it's great because it feeds into all the fucking pornographic themes. Race, black dude, big dick, fucking the white female slave master's wife. The white slave master's white wife. No, I can't find it. Damn it. I'll look for it. We'll get, we'll, we'll send, send something to us so we give you a shout out, though, for it. Uh, and before we start talking about these Christmas movies, uh, dude, I got to play this clip for you. I don't know if you saw this. Zion Williams trying to say lackadaisical. No, I didn't see that. Look at this. Lackadaisical. You know, I think we kind of went into the game too. Like Azazel. That's a Matrix you know, character. I think we kind of went into the game too. <laughs> like Azazel. Like Azazel, nigga. Him and Charles. He had an Andy moment. You know what would be great? Get rid of, uh, what's her name? King. Uh, Gail King. Gail King. Right. And just have Charles Barkley. And Zion. Do with the show. <laughs> that would be tough. There'd be some English mages losing their shit. That nigga said lack a Zagasol. Oof. That sounds like furniture cleaner. Right. Yeah. Baby, hand me the lack a Zagasol so I can wipe down these countertops. <laughs> oh, man. Um. All right. So uh, it is tis the season. Andy and I watched four Christmas movies. Uh, and I hope we can. This, this, this just pre-warning. Uh, this podcast may end in the next 15 minutes. Because I watched these movies and I didn't have a lot of notes, uh, which is why I'm glad we talked before we got to this and was able to chew up 30 minutes of talk time. Because uh, the one we may have, the one I had the most notes on, the two, was Home Alone and Black Christmas. And, of case, and in case you don't know, most of these you've heard, Scrooge with Bill Murray, uh, A Christmas Story, which is a famous classic. Uh, what was it? Ralphie, you'll shoot your eye out. Um, Home Alone, of course. And Black Christmas, which was made in 1974, which is supposed to be a slasher, horror-like. And this was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Pre-slasher. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick up for this movie now. Which one you want to start with? Uh, whichever, whatever one you want to. Uh, Scrooged. Uh, that's a, that, is that considered a classic? I don't know, but it, 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 I mean, it's played at this time of year because it's, it's done on the, the Dickinson story uh, about Scrooge. But uh, I liked it when I first saw it, then I saw it again. And I got to say, what I liked about it is Bill Murray's in it. He plays a slime ball yeah. well. Watching him as a slime ball is fun because you, you hate him, but you still love him. Because he enjoys being the slime ball. Yeah. He really does. Like, but, I, you know, and it's funny because we've heard, I, I think these are conflicting stories. We've heard how cool he is away from Hollywood. Yeah. But the word is he's kind of a dick in Hollywood. Yeah. So he's playing an executive. Yes. <laughs> so he's playing this like he would. He imagines the people that are the executives, I guess. Right. Uh, I thought it, I, I think it's I think it's a cool twist on on the, the original Scrooge story. It's a cool twist. Right. And I and I and at the time when they didn't have all the. uh uh, computer generated CGI and all that. Mm -hmm. They did some cool things. The, the 
there was quite a few cool little spots yeah. in there I thought were good. But uh, there was uh, who else is in it? In- uh, 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 <clears throat> what's my girl's name? Uh, the black lady. Fuck. I know not. I want to say Viola Davis, but I know that's not her. No. Oh, Alfre Woodard. Yep. Alfre Woodard. Uh, Bill Murray. Uh, I'm trying to look at that up real quick. Because there's some uh, Bobcat Goldwaith. Yeah, and that that was an interesting role for him to play at that time. Um, let's see. You know who else would make a good slime ball, and who else could have played this role? Your boy Paul Giamatti. Yeah, I think he would he, he would have been just as good in terms of the casting. Oh, oh, Karen Allen is the um, is the one who. Is also in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. She yeah, plays she was the, the like Indy's love interest. Yeah, uh, and uh, let's see. Oh, that's who I like. Carol Kane, who plays the uh, one of the. Uh, she's the one who was the meaner one of the. Ghosts. Oh, which to, by which uh, that actually turned me on a little bit. The, Her physical the... violence. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, man, a little, a little, you know, pluck to the face. You know what I mean? A graze to the jaw. Uh, that, she, that that sexually turns she, me on. She gave it to him pretty good. Uh, I'm just trying to think of there's oh Jamie Farr, which no one's gonna know that's listening to this podcast. He was the one who always plays the crossdresser on Mash. He's in this. What role did he play? Uh, Jacob Marley. I don't. know. He's just in it for a minute. Uh, oh, Buddy Hackett. Buddy Hackett. If you ever can see, go if you look up Buddy Hackett on uh, Johnny Carson. What's that word worth to you? The Jay Moore story. I, I love Buddy Hackett. And Lee Majors plays a role in there, which was really funny, who was the $6 million man. But all the interesting, another interesting thing that I thought was in there was all of uh, Bri- uh, Bill Murray's brothers are in the movie as well. Really? Was all that the, his real all the, brother? All, all the brothers. Well, the here, uh, Brian Doyle is one of them. The older, he plays the uh, Earl Cross. And then, yes, the other, the other guys are his brothers too that played it. That is his brother that, that you're asking. Yes, that's his brother. Um, <clears throat> my last note on this was uh, I'm I'm gonna be honest, man. Towards the end of the movie, and there were a couple moments where I actually thought Bill should have been nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> Which moment is that? No, I'm just saying, like in in some of those real moments where you know it was touching and he was really acting. Uh, you know, I thought he could have got an Oscar nod. Yeah, I don't think he's ever gonna get an Oscar nod. Yeah, what are you looking for still? I was just saying what's his other brother's name or uh, if I could get him. Uh, I also did like that Mary Lou Redden was was in it. Uh, they didn't know how to put her in it. It's Tiny Tina. Yeah. So that was kind of, I don't know. It, it was one of those movies at the time. It was great. And I think uh, it's a fun movie to watch, but it, it didn't uh, it it didn't feel the same way. Yeah, it's dated. It's dated. Just didn't. The way they told stories then in the 80s were quite different. I got one note for a Christmas story. Uh, <clears throat> and this, I, I, I hadn't seen this in, in a long time. And this immediately was a conundrum for me because I always said that any movie that takes place in the snow, in the snow sucks. And any movie that has a voiceover is awesome. This had both. Mm-hmm. There was a voiceover and the movie was during the Christmas time. Uh, what do you think about Christmas story? Listen, I'm going to be really, really <laughs> truthful on this. This is the first time I've ever seen it. No! From beginning to end. Really? I've never watched it all the way through. Because you couldn't? 
just didn't hold my attention all the way through. And I'm glad I watched it all the way through because it was it was uh, it was kind of uh, it was fun that I watched it. I wish I would have been I wish I would have enjoyed it differently younger because uh, there was a lot of funny parts. It didn't. Also, you tried to watch it when you were younger. Yeah, it just, and it didn't hold your interest. I had other things going on. And I just it was it's like bagging cocaine. Yeah, like it's a slower movie. <laughs> it's a slower movie. But was you uh, bagging snow while watching snow. And, yeah. But I'll say the the first thing in it, uh, <laughs> the only black people are in it are the people singing. Did you notice that? I didn't notice no niggas in it. In the very beginning, there's black folks singing at the very beginning. That's <laughs> all we good for. There, there it was it was it was a good scene. I was I was actually because I said there's no I because when we sat down to watch these movies, I go this we should have picked a, a movie that had a more of a black theme, right? And we didn't. These are the four that we picked. We were we hadn't seen each other. We we're just on the phone trying to figure out what we're doing. And we 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 picked these four movies. And uh and I thought we should have. And then I go, oh, well, there's some black people there. <laughs> that I watched that we picked. Because I said I gotta watch this at the beginning, because if I don't, right. I'm not gonna get through it all the way. But there was some dude, there's some things that I didn't understand why I was in this Christmas story. The the leg, the leg lamp. Yeah. I, I don't understand what that's doing in this movie other than saying that the dad has bad taste. Or taste that the mother doesn't like. That's the only thing that I yeah, can get from it. That's all. I think that's all you were meant to get from it. That's it. That's a slice of reality. And he puts it, puts it in the window. Right. And yeah. Yeah. So I I think from the character, uh, it's funny the idea of this guy. That was funny. Uh, I like that everybody keeps saying he's going to get his eyes shot out. That was kind of a cute little thing. But this is such a, it's like such a story. Like I, I know it's called right. a Christmas story, right. but it doesn't feel like a movie. That's it. so. Everybody just looks at him every time he brings up the 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 BB gun, right. which I had that same BB gun. Did you really? Not that name, not that brand, but my right. dad got me one that you cock like that. Right. But uh, yeah, uh, I I did like that they go. I I like the scene where the, the turkey gets taken over by the dogs, even though it's such a weird ass fucking scene. All of a sudden, dogs are in the house, and the guy's just gonna. He has a problem with everything, but all these right. random stray dogs in the house is gonna be okay. Right. He comes home from work, and there's like thirty dogs in his yard. There's right. some interesting ideas there, but mm-hmm. then he, uh, the dogs attack his turkey, and he's this turkey guy. But when they end up at the Chinese restaurant, here's the missing part: if they would have just had some other Jews at the restaurant. Eating, because that's where Jews go for on Christmas. They really? go to Chinese restaurants. Yeah, because none of the regular restaurants. Oh, Hanukkah, y'all don't do Christmas. So right, there's always Jews at the Chinese restaurants. I did not know that. They should have had a couple Jewish families at the restaurant. Holy shit! That would have been. That would have actually made me laugh. That would have been there. That was not in there. But I did love when uh, he they discovered uh, uh, Chinese turkey, which is the duck. Yeah. And served with the head. And I was just thinking about you when I watched oh, this. Oh, yeah. And he lops the head, head off. off. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I've never had duck. I, it's delicious. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how you're missing on that. We didn't, you didn't have duck when we went to that one. In age. Chicago. Yeah, you didn't have it? Yeah. I just, no, because you saw it hanging there with the head yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, duck's good, man. Uh, I feel bad, though, because ducks are cute. You don't. It's hard to eat cute animals. Like I, I have to, I have to disassociate myself from beef. I like meat, red meat, beef. Mm-hmm. I like it, but I have to disassociate myself from the cow because I like cows, but they're not that cute. They're, they're kind of, right, kind of gross. The nose is gross. Uh, <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, I have, still have to disassociate myself from that. It's hard to eat duck, but I'll, I'll try it when, right. when there's a duck. Yeah, it's worth eating. Right. Um, so, but that's all you got out of that. That's nothing, all I got out of that. Nothing. Man. You didn't like the Santa Claus scene. It's just it's it, the way they filmed it too. It was just so aggressive. 
Do you know when the when yeah. the Santa Claus is talking and they're all yelling right, at him? And right. Is that really? Do you do you ever feel that way as a kid? Did you? I gotta ask you this. As as a black man, did you ever go to like see Santa Claus? No. That's not uh, something. Yeah, black, I, I, do black I, folks not do that? Let no, me no, ask no, this I, question. Remember, I, I know I mentioned it. You know, once upon an episode ago about it, my father set us straight. Ain't no Chris. Ain't no hunky. Uh, getting credit for what we, me and your mama do. Okay, but it, it, I would love to hear this from other black folks that listen to the podcast. Do do you did you go see Santa Claus? Do no. is that something black people don't do? I, you know, I, I believe I don't want to say no because I've seen black kids at the mall uh, going to go see Santa Claus, but them the same black kids that wear Crocs. This <laughs> <laughs> new shit, man. Eighties generation. For every black kid that might have gone to see Santa Claus, there was a thousand that didn't. We just knew better. Okay, but here's the part that was kind of sad to me. So they do the whole Santa Claus thing. He talks to Santa Claus, and then they throw him down the slide after you talk to Santa because they're trying to get all these kids through. So they throw him down the slide. And the parents are gone. They just leave their kids. Could you imagine parents just leaving their kids at that age at the mall anymore? Back then, all the way up until now, uh, yes. Up until now? Up until now. This soft generation, no. Okay. But again, we came up raw. Even in the 80s, we, we, we would we were raw. Wait. We was raw. And your parents would say, after you're done, I want you to wait right here for me. Right. Don't, or me, right. Don't go anywhere else. Right. I want you to meet me right here. And if you were allowed to go somewhere else, you had to be back at this time. And then they right. made, and you better be here. You yeah. better be here when I get back. Yeah. That's just the way it was. There's a couple times, dude. I remember I was seven. My parents let me drive. <laughs> I thought you were going to have something really good to say. Let me, let me drive. Uh, oh. um, okay. So, oh. no, what do you, what do you, is this worth seeing? Is this something that's, it's on every year? You know year. what, dude? During I, Christmas, I, they play I, every year. I, I honestly, I don't ever have to see this movie again, ever. If you, if you had some young kids, you think this is a movie you'd want to sit down and I'd go? rather we all watch Death Wish. Okay. <laughs> the original with Charles Bronson. Hey, kids, look at this scene. <laughs> uh, Home Alone. I told you in the car last night, hey, yo, Catherine, a young Catherine O'Hara, I give her the business. I will get at that. That sexy white bitch will get the business from me. I, I I don't. Her eyes, dude. You didn't think she was sexy? There was a little back then, and in and in Beetlejuice. That's that's it. Beetlejuice was too weird for me. I like Beetlejuice a lot. I wish that was a Christmas movie. But uh, <laughs> did you like Home Alone though? It was fun, but it, again, some a lot of them Christmas movies feel dated. I just feel dated. Well, technology is different. You can't, you have a cell phone. The cell phone ruins almost all the premises from any, any movie that right. you had because no one can just call and say what's going on. Right. Uh, so that ruins everything as far as in today. But I thought it was funny that he, uh, like the little kid is going to beat these guys up. And it's just so funny to see Joe Pesci as this this guy. Yeah. Yeah, Joe Pesci, listen. Joe Pesci got the what I call the Jason Bateman factor, the Jamie Foxx factor, drama or comedy. He does them both well. Yeah, um, because you know I know for what this was. That was you know this is like a 
the antics are Bugs Bunny-ish. Right. In live action form. But you look at Joe Pesci's comedic chops in the Lethal Weapon movies. Yeah. So he really can do comedy. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. How much fun do you think it would have actually be to be home alone in a house like that? And what would you have done at that age if you were home alone? Like how he's sitting down eating a big bowl of all the ice cream and yeah, jumping you, on a bed for, with popcorn. All that stuff. I guess you would do that stuff. I I, I would get I, I wouldn't have thrown away the uh, the Playboy. I, you know, he he was like, uh, and threw the Playboy away. I would have. But at that age, aren't most kids like, Ugh. and I'm going to tell you why. Well, uh, look, let me go ahead. I wasn't. I wasn't either. Every time my dad left, yo, I immediately went to his porn stash. <laughs> immediately, man. I, I, my dad had Playboys, and I always wanted. To, I was always trying to check them out. He'd leave them in the bathroom sometimes, and I'd be in the bathroom way too long, and then you hear the knock. What are you doing in there? <laughs> I was like, go in the bathroom, and you know you'd get out. But no, that is, uh, yeah, I, I, that one. That's the one I didn't get. I don't know that I would go to get. I wouldn't go. To, maybe I guess I'd get milk if I had cereal. But I, I'm not going. I'm not washing any laundry. He washed laundry. Right. I, I, there's plenty of laundry in the house. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. not washing any laundry. Right. The one, the one thing that I know wouldn't happen today mm-hmm. is he goes the 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 family is trying to get from their house in the suburbs to O'Hare Airport, and they said it's 45 minutes. Well, first of all, you can't even get your luggage on at that moment; it's over. Right. Right. But besides that, they get there and they said, "This is my favorite scene." The the, the uh, of that kind of fuck you, this isn't true scene. Right. <laughs> they run to the airport and she run into the gate and everybody's bored at the plane. The door shut and she said, we're here for our plane. Did we miss it? And they go, you got here just in time. And she opens up the door. Right. That door shuts today. I don't care. The plane's still going to sit there for 10 minutes. You're, they will not open the door to put you on the plane. Right. That is not happening. You're not getting on the plane. They've already made every adjustment, every seat's given away. You're not getting on the fucking plane. So when I watched that, I was I was in such rage. Right. <laughs> so we travel so much. And there's these moments where I I run through the airport. The plane left late. We got in late. I'm at the other side at the airport. I'm running to it and I can see him. And the plane's still there. And I go, and and I, I go, can am I here? And they're like, Yeah, we've already shut the door. Yeah, you can open the door. It's the plane still there. You go, no, we can't open the door. So I'm standing there, and this happened not too long ago. And then the uh, and then uh, the door opens back up while I'm standing there, and they're trying to do something for the plane. They're trying to get something. I go, I go. The door's open now. Can I go in now? Right. The door's open. You know. I go, but the door's open. You said I can't go because the door's open. No. Once we close the door, we don't let any more people on because we've already. And I'm like, motherfuckers. So when I saw that, I was like, that's the biggest problem I have with this movie right now. I don't know if this is a white thing, uh, but, you know, when she realizes that she left him at home, Kevin, and she's just frantic and being a mom and concerned and have someone tell the neighbors to check on my son, the police. I can tell you right now, my mother would have whipped my ass uh, for her fuck up. Uh, (laughs) And for making me waste them tickets and her time I would have rather she stayed a couple days just so she could have maybe got herself in a better mood and enjoyed the vacay and then come home. Home. Because if she would have had to turn right around, come home, the tickets, the trip, all to waste, even if she's the one that fucked up, I would have caught the beat. Yeah. 
Well, and the other thing is, yeah, the power's out there, but you don't have anybody else that lives in that area that the power is on uh, or the phones are on that is a grandmother, a sister, a brother between the two dads, the uncle, right. the other people. There. Someone couldn't just driven over to the house and picked up the kid? Right. Because uh, let, let's be honest, if you forget your kid and you're in Paris. You, you're not coming home. No, nah, you you. you you know what? Now you're staying at so it is your fault. It's right. not the parents' fault. Right. And it's your fault. And you were staying at such and such as uncle's house until I get back. I don't want to stay here. They smell different. I don't want I don't care. <laughs> right. This is where you're staying. Right. That's what would have happened. <laughs> they smell different. <laughs> um my last note for this was uh, you know, and I and I knew this growing up because I did the famous joke that I when I was on Shaq's All-Star Comedy Jam about my friend Nate. Uh, and, you know, dude, when I got a chance to witness how loose white families were in terms of the relationship between the parent and the children, like in this, he, you know, there's a moment or two where he's really slick with his tongue to his mother. This family sucks. And he says a couple of other things where I know I would have got my teeth knocked out, where white parents put up with how their kids talk to them like they're their peers. Dude, I'm telling you, I used to fantasize sometimes that a white family would adopt me. <laughs> when I saw how fucking loose, I'm like, God damn, y'all, the shit y'all get away with. That's movie I would shit, love though. for a white cha- white parents to adopt me. I, I think that's a lot of it's no, movie shit, though. No, Because my even in my house, even my son has watched the movie and go, dude, I wouldn't even looked at you that way. Yeah, but dude, that's white tigers. <laughs> Most white parents, their children are peers. They're, 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 they're fucking on the same level with them. I had, uh, I guess I had a look, because my son brought it up to me, that there was a look when he knew, he could see it in my face when he was, when he was getting to where the edge of, you, you're, you're about to get hit? Yeah. This, you're getting real close now, right? <laughs> and he, you know, and it's still something that I, this is why I don't, this is why I have a hard time agreeing with you on it. I'm not saying you're you're wrong. I just I didn't have that with my family, and I I would you know as, as a kid though I think we all test the waters. That first time I said uh, I think I said damn, right? And, and uh, I, I I think I got in trouble for it like several times that I did it. But then the, there was one time when I said it and nothing happened, and in my mind I was like, damn, mm. I can say damn. You know, and I knew, and I was already, I was probably thir- 12 or 13. Like, like even to be, if I could have said to my mom, like I heard some of my white friends go, oh my God, mom, you've only told me like 30 times. Like just that kind of rebuttal would get me comatose. Like, like I, man, I just, wow, what a freedom. Yeah, I, I don't think that I could say it like that. I know there's times I said, Mom, you told I I heard you, Mom. I know you told me like 20 times and my mom would say. I want to say, well, then you then these other 10 aren't gonna bother you. Yeah, see, no. My yeah, mom no. did say that to me once. No, no, no. If I would have said what you said, whatever the next 10 things she did to me would have bothered me. My mom, though, was completely different than my dad. Yeah. Not completely different. Uh, there was a my mom. Now my mom would let me get away with a little bit more like saying that like then these next 10 aren't going to bother you then like come there's 10 more coming but my 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 mom if i pushed her she wouldn't do it though she'd just wait till my dad got home and let him do it 
Yeah, and she would. She 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 was she was notorious though for putting me in the corner for saying the wrong thing. And you go, I want you to sit there and think about it till your dad gets home. And then she would go Put get in my a corner. And then she would get my dad riled up, and you'd have to sit there in the corner thinking about it for an hour, an hour and a half, which was horrible. And then, and then when my dad got home, you would hear her say, and then I could hear my dad go, eh, you know, you know, like he he didn't really he just got home, he didn't want to do. And she would just she would just keep going until until he was ready to like okay, I want I want my life back, right. so I'm gonna go beat this kid. <laughs> So, so that I could get some peace and quiet. <laughs> that was her move. Right. That's funny. All right. Uh, this last movie, this horrible piece of shit. Black Christmas. Uh, 1974. Yeah. This is before the slasher movies. This is, uh, this is almost 10 years before we have Friday the 13th, before we have, uh, what, what's the other one? Uh, Halloween. Jason. This is uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and there's a big, in the very beginning, there's a big, there's a big scene that that I saw what the problem was, and then where they went to the slasher movie, and it's funny that it took that long, but uh, there's a lot to this movie that w- evolves into this next level. Um, the most recognizable face in this movie is Margot Kidder, of course, Lois Lane, Superman opp- opposite Christopher Reeves. And you know, dude, and I know I mentioned this before. Margot Kidder looks like she was made for seventies, for the seventies. She was again. This is an era in film before looks were important. Uh, and like I said, I, I think that if Star Wars, the same story, script, characters was made today, Carrie Fisher doesn't get that role. Mark Hamill doesn't get that role. But he wanted because of this. This just to let you know, Star Wars, George Lucas. Wanted all unknown, all unknown okay. people that had. I think they would have been unknown, pretty people. <laughs> Marco Kidder looks like she tastes like an ashtray. She does, but there's something dirty, sexy about her yeah, in this movie. A, but it, it, this because, a, yeah, as, dirty. Yeah, because as as uh, uh, Lois Lane, Lois Lane wasn't supposed to be dirty, and I always thought, who was this worn out bitch that they got to play <laughs> uh, Superman's girl? She right. did not fit, and everybody's like, she's sexy, and I was like, no, she's not. She's it's the dirty part. She was she was seventies hot. She was. I'm telling you, she is the Demi Moore of that time. And when in that I, movie, I think that's being too too nice. I I saw that when she's talking and she's in this and she's being her dirty self in, in it. I was like, there was some sexiness to her that I didn't get. I didn't get the dirty sexiness when I was a younger kid. I can't give a Demi Moore. Demi Moore is hot. Demi Moore was hot, dude. There's something with her with her her mouth and the way that she looks uh, there's something about it i i don't know right. i i in, i enjoyed her in this more than i did in any of the other movies that i've ever seen her in uh i thought it was funny there were some funny parts to it but here's the beginning of it here's where where the movie uh right away piqued my interest and i did watch this i, I actually paid attention to it because i there's things about this movie that i enjoyed but when um at the beginning of the movie the virgin the first one to be taken out with the plastic over a face. face right remember now in the slasher movies and then even when they talk about it in the rules uh, in scream of what the slasher movies are the virgin lives if you were a virgin you can live in a slasher movie this very first this is like one of the first slasher movies that i've seen, that i know of at that time the virgin's the first one to be taken out 
So in this movie, if it fell, falls the rules that we get later, Margot Kidder's the first one to get taken out. Okay, so between the chick who caught the plastic, the old chick who got the hook, Margot Kidder who got stabbed to death, all these bodies are still in this house. Yeah. No smell. Now, it's, it's not day three. It's upstairs. You're not going to get it till the till three or four days. Upstairs. You might not notice it for three or four. But, but the thing I didn't like is the cat should have been eating the faces off those people. <laughs> the cat's going to eat the right, people. Right, right. Uh, and they're just still in that room. And no one's noticed them. After they catch, after they get the fur, after they think that they have the killer, they're all in the house and the dead bodies are still upstairs. They're not going to search the house? There's not, they, right. there's only one killer for sure? And that brings me to my only other note. Who the fuck was the killer? Well, it wasn't Peter, right? Because they showed him, he, he was dead with the chick. Yeah, he was dead with the chick. So, he, so who's the killer? Who's the killer? The only one I can come up with. Come up with? You don't, they, they didn't make it known, right? No, the only one that I can come up with is there's one, it's, you don't see the boyfriend of the virgin. No, not the virgin, the, the other, the other, the, the one who's looks, uh, the one from uh, Second City TV, the one with the glasses. The goofy looking one. Yeah. Right. She's she's uh she's been on a lot of different things. Oh, I've that's never seen her on anything. Yeah, you have. You just don't notice her. You didn't notice really? her. Yeah, you have. You have. You have to have. Because you're in comedy. There's no way you missed her. Um she her boyfriend is the heavy set guy. The in, in, in the very beginning with the beard. Oh, the one that looked like Gene Shallot? We never see him again. And then, so this is your assumption. I'm so because they said, did anybody call so and so? And they go, no. And then at the end of the movie, at the end of the movie, every murders, every after every murder, there is a phone call. And the guy is standing, they, they walk away from the girl accidentally. They leave her back in the room by herself. And they said the calls were coming from inside, inside the, the house. house. And then there's another call when the when the guy's outside. And that's the only person that's not accounted for is that one guy. So that's who I assume it is. <sighs> this movie's terrible. It, it's 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 not. But it's to me, I don't know. I, I'm sure that there's other slasher movies or movies like this that happened before. But this is still a precursor to what we're going to get later. And the rules haven't been established yet. And that's why that movie is all over the place. I love the 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 house mom. At the sorority house. This bitch, oof. <laughs> She's just, she has bottles of alcohol hidden this everywhere. Bitch used uh, brandy as mouthwash. <laughs> it's a very. Can you imagine brushing your teeth with cocaine and using cognac as mouthwash? Uh, no, but the cocaine part, you know, you rub, co you used to rub it, you rub On it on teeth and yeah. gums. Yeah, yeah, so that I understand. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, dude, when the phone call came, and at one point, all you could make out when he's, and then at the end, he goes, juicy cock. <laughs> juicy cock. Who the fuck says juicy cock? <laughs> Ladies, I'm going to put the bat titties in the air. I need y'all to meet me on the roof like Commissioner Gordon. No man would ever describe his cock as juicy unless it's a porno. Ladies, do y'all ever describe a cock as juicy? Is that even remotely turn onish? Hey, baby, I'm gonna give you this juicy cock. Like titties can be juicy, <laughs> an ass can be juicy, but can a dick be juicy? It can be juiced. Yeah, it's got juice in it. 
But juicy cock, do those two words go together? Yeah, but you got a psycho on the phone. He's not necessarily putting the right words together. I, I love it, but ugh. that was very Tourette's kind of sounding. I, I thought it was juicy fun. cock. And when a cock is hard, there's nothing juicy about it. <laughs> it's hard. Juicy, you associate like a waterbed. It squishes, squishy. It gushes. It. it boom, 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 boom. Can you have juicy balls then? There's a there's a juiciness to the layer <laughs> of the balls. The actual nuts are solid. But but they float in a juicy pouch. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to leave this conversation, but I just I got to say, when they're trying to trace the phone calls and they find out it's in the house, mm. that guy running around for a good two-thirds of the movie trying to trace this phone call in the, in the right. phone call room. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and I still don't know what the light was that he was looking at. So it, it was very... I, it just doesn't work this way anymore. So yes, everything about it is very dated. Right. But I actually, out of all four of the movies we watched, I enjoyed oh, that one the most. This was a tough watch, man. This was the one I liked the most because I really looked at it as that <clears throat> the rules for what we know as slasher movies weren't being followed in this. So I looked at it. I as don't as think there were any rules. Period. No, not in this at all. None. I did like though. Uh, I, there was the one scene where the where she says that to her her boyfriend, the guy who's the uh, the piano player, the pianist, uh, pianist, pianist. He he says she goes, I want to have an abortion. She goes, you can't have one. You haven't even talked to me about it yet. And I went, oh man, I can't wait till some people see this movie again. The way that it was how she said mm. it, like like he had a decision in it. Right. Like, you you haven't even talked to me about it yet. There's a lot into this movie that there's all these little differences and subtleties. And this is right after uh, women were uh, abortion was legal. And it was this that there was that moment. You haven't even talked to me yet. I was like, this is this is interesting. There's some time. There's some pieces from this movie that make this movie interesting to me. Please. And, you know, when they cut to. Peter breaking in the house and the cops are timing wise are coming in, too. And they hear the screams of the woman. Then they show both Peter and the woman dead together. So that means that whoever the killer was was able to kill both this young man and this woman. She didn't die. She's she remember she she's oh alive. right 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 she so this makes no sense, dude. Well, the killer killed him obviously, but he, he didn't she, kill her. Didn't kill her. The police got there too soon. He had, they didn't catch him. He no. He had a kill. He had a kill him and then dart out the window but we think it's him because that's what everybody assumed that she killed him and then for some reason passed out and was underneath him please tell me we can call this episode juicy sacks <laughs> juicy. Uh, can we spell it s-a-x why couldn't we spell it s-a-c-k-s we can but i just thought it looked pretty cool that way juicy sacks because it looks like sex Oh, sex. Oh. Juicy sex. Got you. Yeah, you can do that, I guess. Yeah. So there we go. Take some artistic license. There it is, man. Uh, Merry motherfucking Christmas. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. Happy New Year. Your Christmas roundup of movies that we had to watch so that you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you want some dates? Sure. I got to go find them again. Sorry. Sorry, guys. 
right here. I didn't go too far. I didn't stray too far away. Guys, uh, rounding out this year, you're going to see us. Uh, Bricktown Comedy Club, December 21st to the 23rd. Which, which you're not next I'm not, week, right? I'm not on there next week. It's just you. Oh, you and, and somebody else. Do you know who you're going to get? No. OKC. It's in OKC. Uh, it's going to be a good show. I'm going to stay back. I, I got family plans, so that's nice for me. Uh, December 28th to the 30th, though, Aries and I are meeting up in Washington, D.C. at the Improv. So excited to be back there. I'm trying to talk Tara into coming out. Mm. Uh, January 24th, uh, January, sorry, 2004. It's the new January. January 4th to the 7th will be at Indianapolis at the Helium. January 11th to the 14th will be at Addison, Texas at the Improv. January 18th through the 21st, we're going to be in Timodium, Maryland, uh, the Baltimore area, Magoobie's Joke House. We haven't been back there. This is going to be our second time back. Yes, I can't wait. So we're going to know. February 15th through the 18th, we're going to be in Buffalo, New York at Helium. Uh, and February 23rd through the 24th, we're going to be at the Funny Bone in Albany, New York. April 5th uh, at the Broward Center for the Performing Arts in Fort Lauderdale. April 11th, River Cree Resort and Casino in Enoch, Alberta, Canada. April 12th, Gray Eagle Resort and Casino, Casino in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. April 13th through the 14th, The Funny Bone in Syracuse, New York. April 15th, Danforth Music Hall, Toronto, Ontario. April 19th through the 21st, just a bit outside Cleveland. Um, April 27th at the Broward Center in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And April 28th, El Olympia in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Sorry. And then May 11th, we're going to be in Boston. The fucking Wilbur kid. Fucking bastard. I want all you guys to come out of your apartments. And come check these guys out. Maybe afterwards we all hang out at the local bar, have a couple of drinks, you know, have it make one big fucking patty. Uh, be fucking great. Teach you guys how to pronounce your your words with your A's, your extended A's with your eyes. Uh, hey, Bobby Patterson, can you tell people to like and subscribe? Come on, people. Fuck, first of all, we got to get this fucking monkey out of the way. <laughs> fucking Tyson. Uh, a real sculpture. Be careful. Uh, yeah, uh, you gotta like and subscribe, kid. You know, you gotta go to the fucking thing, Spearsburg Pod, and you gotta treat it like the like and the subscribe button are two fucking nipples. You just touch them. Hold on, I want to do something. This is wrong, but I'm gonna do it. Uh oh, no. Oh. Look, this is why he doesn't have the tattoo. This is Michael in jail for fucking taking the pussy, kid. Can't fucking take it. No means fucking no. And even when it means yes, it still means no. There it is, dude. That's a show.
From here on, nothing goes down unless I'm involved. No blackjack, no dope deals, no nothing. A nickel bag gets sold in the park. I want in. <laughs> you guys got fat while everybody starved on the street. It's my turn. Hmm. You think you're gonna live long enough to spend that money, you fucking hump? If any of you are tired of getting ripped off by guys like that, you come with me. I'm at the Plaza Hotel. You're welcome. You're welcome. Enjoy. <laughs> 